0: What's up, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Terror Table, a horror movie podcast that is presented by the Saskatchewan Podcast Network. I am one of your hosts, Mitch, and today I am welcoming one of my best friends that I've made through this podcasting adventure. You have heard us talk about the fantastic Eerie International podcast on nearly every episode of our show, and today I will be joined by one of their hosts, David Hopkins, all the way from Indiana. If you're somewhat new to the show, to add a little context, us three at the Terra table have struggled with Skype recordings in the past. And by struggled, I mean we tried once and it wasn't great. It wasn't a great experience, so we just stopped. But through the glory of COVID 19, I was forced to finally just figure this stuff out. And now here we are, like 20 episodes into recording entirely remotely. So I guess you could now say that I'm a tech genius. All bullshit aside, I've been so excited to record this episode with David. If any of you have ever developed a relationship with someone online who you have a lot in common with, or someone who you just know, if you lived in the same city or town, you'd be inseparable. That is David Hopkins and I. We talk at the very least a few times a week over WhatsApp, but this is the first time I was actually able to bring him on the show, and man, it was a blast. David is a professional comic book letterer, a fantastic podcaster, and honestly, an inspirational father, husband, son, and friend to anyone who's gotten to know him. I realize he would probably throw up if he heard me say any of this stuff, and that's why he refused to say it to his face or if he's on the call with me. Um, I just want to acknowledge he's just a great dude, and his knowledge on the, on the things that he's passionate about seemed to be endless. And one of those things that he is passionate about is the hit video game, The Last of Us which is why I asked him to join us for the, join me for the episode to discuss The Last of Us Part 2. We start this episode off like any other Terror Table or Eerie International episode by talking about what we've taken in recently within the horror genre. We may bend that a little bit today with discussions on a few TV shows that definitely are not horror, but you know what? I'm the one with the microphone, so you will listen to every goddamn word I have to say. I promise that will be the first and last Adam Sandler quote of the episode. But I will offer up a timestamp in the show notes if you're wanting to just jump right into our conversation on The Last of Us Part 2, um, but I'm giving you all fair warning now that this is a spoiler-heavy conversation on the game. We normally try to offer up spoiler-free reviews, but this one was just seemed to be impossible to talk about without spoilers. The Terror Table will be back this coming Tuesday, July 7th, in which we will continue our World Horror Series with Kyle's foreign film pick the skin I live in. But for now, I guess we can just get on with the show. Don't forget to check out our new website at theterra Follow us on our social media platforms such as Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And if you haven't yet, be sure to check out Erie International. We love those guys dearly. And if you like what we do here, there's a good chance you're going to like what they do as well. Uh, but for now, I guess uh, enjoy this very special episode of The terror Table. If I ever were to lose you, I should. Myself, Everything I have found here I'm not found by myself Try and sometimes you'll succeed To make this pain of me All my stolen missing parts I've no need for anymore because I believe, and I believe, because I can see our future days, days of you and me. Welcome to the Terror Table, David Hopkins. My What's long up? lost friend. What's up, my American, <laughs> my American friend, all the way from Indiana. That's right. How I mean, are things in Indiana?
1: In uh, America, they're great. Uh, I mean, they're not. I'm in America, so it's not. It's not that great. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's it's okay. COVID stuff here in Indiana, at least, seems to be spreading very, very, very slowly. Uh, so we've got that going for it. That being said, anytime I've left or gone anywhere, absolutely no one cares about social distancing or wearing masks at all. So you know who knows maybe maybe we'll have a, a Last of Us situation here soon uh, with Indiana as the epicenter. You never know. It's it's oh, okay. Well,
0: maybe it'll start here and work the work its way to Indiana because I guess Saskatoon has decided that COVID's just canceled now. Yeah, uh, yeah. COVID, if you don't COVID's over it, now.
1: You can't yeah. If you don't test it, then it's not fair. So
0: yeah. oh man, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm So sorry that you guys have to deal with that yeah, shit. Me too. <laughs> yeah. That is uh, brutal. But
1: I'm I'm pumped to be back here with you, man. Like we, uh, I don't. I'm trying to remember the last time. Actually, have I ever been on the show?
0: No, you haven't. Have this not? is okay. This yeah. is the first
1: official one. That's crazy.
0: Yeah, it is super crazy because it's been like three years since we become friends. Uh, like our our podcast, your Podcast, Eerie International, and us become really good friends. And uh, we were just uh, we're dummies who couldn't handle. We couldn't figure out Skype properly, <laughs> and well, then little been- did sorry. <laughs>
1: No, no, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. I was gonna say, even with that though, we've, you've been on our show. We've crossed crossed over our podcasts. You've been on bonus episodes. We had uh, Diego and Boozie on. Uh, like it's there have been multiple. I think Andi's been yeah. Andi's been on tear Table. That so
0: yeah, but Andi had to travel from Germany to be on the tear Table. That's true. <laughs> he had to sit in my. He actually recorded in my condo. So yeah. <laughs> so that that was pretty funny and same with Lana and yeah I feel bad because even bright Bryson came here from Utah and he didn't even get to record an episode <laughs> but he also came here during our busiest week ever so yeah, I true. think he understands um, but yeah man this is super exciting and uh, I'm sorry I could we couldn't make it happen earlier but now that this is a possibility for us it's without a doubt you're going to be on here more often.
1: Yeah. Um, awesome, man. No, no worries at all. I'm, I'm happy to be on.
0: Yeah. And it's just really cool that uh, your first episode is going to be a video game episode, which is also our very first. This is our first time that we've ever recorded a video, uh, video game episode. Have you guys oh, nice. done any episodes on video games? I can't mm-hmm. remember.
1: We did, when we had Diego on, we did one that technically wasn't a video game episode, but it kind of turned into one because it was about the first season of Castlevania on Netflix. Right, yeah. Uh, and then it became a Castlevania video game episode after we talked about the the show. And then we also did an episode over PT. Um, the, right, yes, the I do remember thing. that. Yeah, yeah which so. kind of count. I mean, it's a game, but it's not like a full-fledged game, but
0: yeah. That's a shame that it's not because that was... So yeah. amazing! One uh, of the biggest disappointments of my life. <laughs> oh yeah, man! And there has been a lot of those for me um, as well. So. <laughs> for sure. All right, man. Well, let's uh, let's get into it. Let's. Uh, I, obviously, we're going to talk about The Last of Us Two at length. Uh, Last of Us Part Two. Before that, I just want to kind of catch up with my my buddy. I haven't I, we haven't talked personally in a while? We text a lot. Um, but what have you been up to in the, the horror world? Have you watched or read it or played anything else?
1: Very recently, no. And it, I, I mentioned it on the last yeah, international I, episode a little bit, like which I heard that. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know you listen, so like some of the stuff's going to be redundant, but I uh, I get I, I don't know every it happens rarely, but it does happen sometimes where I'll get into a place where. I just like nothing sounds appealing, which is a is a textbook definition of depression. So, I mean, yep. go with that if you want. In this case, it didn't feel so much like, you know, the the usual fun depression stuff as much as it was just like nothing sounded that appealing to me. I, I have plenty to watch, but um, I would think about watching this particular movie or whatever, and I, I would it would be time to watch it. And then I would just play Call of Duty or something, which don't view as like superior to watching a, a movie as much as it was just like, I don't have to do anything with this. I can turn my head off. Um, that being said, I think part of it might have also had to do with the fact that I I did 27 hours of Last of Us 2, not super fast, but relatively cl- within a week, which for me and the amount of time I have is is a lot of gaming that, you know, concentrated. Yeah. And I think kind of mentally I needed a break. Now, that being said, we did last or uh, uh, Night of the Living Dead last week for the show and we're doing Diary of the Dead uh, this coming week. We haven't recorded it yet. That's like what four movies later in Romero's yeah. series, so uh, or three movies later, I guess. Or yeah, three movies later. I, for whatever reason, got inspired to watch movies again, and uh, I was gonna, I'm going to try if I have time. I'm gonna try to watch all of them up until Diary, uh, and then also Diary. We're only talking about Diary on the show, so I don't really need to. So I revisited Dawn of the Dead <clears throat> uh, two nights ago, oh, which I man. hadn't seen since. Not not super long ago, but maybe I don't know five six years it's been, uh, and that was my entry point into uh, the Romero stuff. Um, and I got to that by way of of Shaun of the Dead because I I didn't I wasn't always into super into horror I didn't I never hated it but growing up it was kind of just something that would show up on my radar if it was like an outlier type deal and Shaun of the Dead was one of those. Um, so maybe within a year later I rented Dawn of the Dead when I was probably fifteen and loved it. Like, I it, I had never seen anything like it before, and it's crazy watching it now. I'm 31, and so, you know, 15, 16 years later, watching it now, it's crazy because I, I kind of still have never seen another movie like it. <laughs> I've watched tons yeah. of horror movies since then, and we've all, you know, discussed and analyzed and all that stuff, and uh, it's still pretty crazy how that movie works and, like, I don't know. I feel. I don't know. Maybe you feel this way too. Maybe maybe I'm crazy. But like, I feel like there's a lot of these classic horror movies that we forget uh, sometimes. Like the the mis not the mystique, but like the the grandeur of it being like a Texas Chainsaw or an Exorcist or whatever overshadows the movie itself sometimes. Totally, and And we tend to forget the like weird little things in the movie. (laughs)
0: Like that's exactly what happened to me last time I revisited Dawn of the Dead as well. Like, yeah, the, like textbook. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Which isn't surprising. Cause if anyone's listened to either of our shows, we're basically the the yeah, analog we're... of each other. So <laughs> not necessarily com. Like, there is straight comedy in it, but like the kind of just quirky, funny moments in the soundtrack, like in the music, um, how much time is devoted to them, like cleaning them all up, <laughs> Like yeah, which totally. is a lot, but it's, it's still very entertaining and it's still like, I think one of the big like draws of that movie is just the whole idea. And I think they do it even better than the remake does, which, you know, I guess isn't a surprising thing to say, but of like just the idea of, of it being fun to be in a, in a mall. And that obviously spawned a lot of stuff too. Uh, they made a whole franchise of video games, dead rising stuff off of that concept basically. But yeah, it's just such a great movie. I mean, it's, I I don't know. I'm really interested to watch. I've seen day of the dead I maybe have seen Diary of the Dead in college. I, I remember renting it. I don't remember much of it. Are you uh, skipping and, Land? Or no, no, no. Sorry. Yeah, there, I'm glad you corrected me. There's Land, which I have seen, and haven't seen it probably since high school or college, and I liked it back then, but I haven't watched it in years. Um, and then uh, then I'll do Diary, and then I'll definitely do, what is it like Survival of the Dead or something? I, I don't remember the yeah. name. Yeah. Is that, yeah, is
0: that is that the one that's on a plane?
1: Uh, remember no,
0: because there's one on a plane, isn't there? Because I, I do think officially like, yeah, I, I, it not yeah. not out of Romero's stuff, but like it was OK. Sorry. Continue.
1: Yeah, that's uh, Oh crap. What is the name of that? It's tough to tell to remember, too, because like sometimes stuff that's that's uh, like homaging I'll I'll mix in my memory. So like sometimes I'll, I'll think of stuff from uh, Left for Dead, the, the video game, which I yeah. played a lot of. Uh, which obviously homages all of these things, but you know is its own thing. Um, I think the last one is like I haven't seen it, but it's the it's the one where there's like two families that are like warring over a piece of land or an island or something. Uh, I've heard it's not great, <laughs> but
0: yeah, sur- sur- uh, wait, yeah, that's Survival of the
1: Dead. Is it? Okay, yeah. so so yeah, I got back into that, and I'm I'm kind of like my biggest thing right now is time. Like if I had more time, if I didn't have a a kid and a job and a family, I definitely would be. And and I was there, you know, not that long ago to where I could just go all in. And that's what I want to do right now is to not even just binge the Dead series, but to binge just Romero's entire filmography, Uh, because he's somebody that fascinates me. And I think he's um, I don't know. I another filmmaker that I think about a lot in a similar way as Romero is Toby Hooper, which is someone who I. I feel like is known for I think Romero has probably made more movies across the board that people tend to like and not in a maybe like an ironic way or in a horror fan way um than than Toby Hooper but they both have this kind of weird thing that so far I've never really been able to nail them down like I like Carpenter I feel like I get him and yeah. I'm trying to think of other like off the West top Craven. Of my head or, yeah, yeah Craven yeah exactly like I I you know, there's still things that surprise me when I rewatch the movies, but by and large, I, I kind of get it. Romero and Toby Hooper are two guys who I'm like, I don't get it. Like, I, <laughs> I, I don't know how the dude who made Texas chainsaw made, uh, what's the one with the girls naked the whole time. Life and, force, life, life force. force, like great movie. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't get how makes no sense. Yeah. Like I can't see the through line and, and that's kind of how Romero has been for me in terms of the ones I have seen. So I don't know going off on a crazy tangent, but. That's been no, the man, only that's, thing that's been Dawn of the Dead, and it's, it's still a great movie. Yeah, that's
0: exciting that you're redoing that. I love the episode that you guys recently posted on Night of Living Dead. I fucking adore that movie. Um, I'm excited to hear what you think of Day of the Dead as well, because uh, I I don't know if I missed something on the episode, but I saw Bryson and uh, Dave, uh, Dave Roberts, your other co-host, talking about Day of the Dead on Twitter. That was uh, Dave.
1: Yeah, Dave said he didn't. It was his least. I think he said it was his least favorite of the three, um, well, like the, the original trilogy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I Which, would agree with that, but it, but it's yeah, also like still an amazing movie. Yeah, that's where I'm at. Like, I, yeah. I wouldn't disagree with Dave, but it kind of sounded like he didn't like it as much. Oh, yeah, I watched I it for that the movie. first time probably three or four years ago, and I really dug it. I was into it. Oh, so. it's
0: so good. I, I oh man, Romero's work is so great. It, it is totally all over, all over the place in terms of quality. Um, but like, there's there's so much good shit to check out, like in regards to his filmography. Like, have you seen Martin, his vampire movie?
1: No, that's what I'm saying. Like, I I haven't seen Martin. I haven't seen The Crazies. I haven't seen, um, uh, uh, what's the Jack's Wife, but that's not the actual name of it. Season of the Witch. Oh, Uh, yeah.
0: Season of the Witch. Then the Dark Half, Monkey
1: Shines. I haven't seen Dark Half. I have seen Monkey Shines, funnily enough. Yeah. Uh, in high school, I picked it up. I didn't know it was Romero until years later. Uh, but I did watch that back then. Uh, yeah. We had a listener who messaged me later who was like, yeah, Dark Half, you have to watch that too. I haven't seen that. Um, there's Andy mentioned. There's one uh, I forget the name of it now, but it's like the the dudes who are like jousting on motorcycles and stuff. Um, uh, uh, night riders, just, I think it is night riders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. his <laughs> it yeah, yeah. names it's just like just vague enough to to not no one can remember it. But
0: exactly, yeah. No. Oh, man. Now I'm now that's what I want to do, because I, I rewatched. Uh, I went out of town with my boss a couple like couple weeks ago just for a couple days, and he is not interested in horror movies at all. But just to, I guess, be a homie, he was like, hey, I brought Dawn of the Dead with me. Oh, wow. I was like, "What really?" I Crazy. was like, "I was like, what are the odds that you have Dawn of the Dead?" And then it it, it was the remake. <laughs> so yeah, I was hilarious. like, "Oh, okay." But at the same time, that remake's also great. It yeah. is great, but it's it's obviously not as good. But it's that right. that remake is so good, and same with the Crazies remake is good as well.
1: I like the Crazies remake. Now, yeah, yeah, I I know I don't know. I feel like modern horror fans are pretty divided on that. I saw that before I became like super deep into horror and i was really into it but yeah i don't know i i always thought it was fun i haven't seen the original to compare it so uh, like yeah, it's even definitely, just that wait, tangent to a me l- a is, lot more hollywood <clears throat> yeah i figured I, yeah i figured it was but it's, a lot more whatever it's, it's
0: still it's a fucking gr- as far as hollywood horror movies go it's a great one
1: yeah, I'm I'm really interested to watch that original one because that's one of the and I mentioned this briefly on Eerie, but that's one of the things that that fascinates me the most about Romero is that he made that movie alongside his <laughs> zombie movies like the dead movies like here's this whole series and franchise that he has. And then he also made this other one that's that's not connected, but also and I don't know, maybe you can tell me, are there differences with the 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 zombies in that? Like, are they do they behave differently or the rules? Oh, different yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. The
0: rules are a little bit different. Uh But yeah, it's definitely, the the crazies is, like, Romero's version is a lot slower. Mm -hmm. So, from what I know, like, a lot of my friends that I've recommended it to in, like, recent years, they've been more, they've been fans of the remake more so than the original, actually. That's one that comes up a lot.
1: I mean, differences in terms of, the like, the original crazies from the original Night of the Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead, like, in terms of style. Like, the fact that he made uh a, a series of zombie movies and then also made another zombie movie that's not connected <laughs> to those yeah. is so strange to me. So, but I know, I don't really know. Like in the crazies are they still like your standard zombies as same as in I the Living Dead and stuff? Where no. it's like no they're, they're, they're not different. Right now. Okay. Yeah,
0: they're 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 pretty slightly different.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: gotcha. But uh, yeah, no, it's it's still a very cool movie. But even even Land of the Dead, I wasn't crazy about it when it came out in high school. Like I, when I saw it in high school, I just wasn't into it at all. And the last time I revisited it after doing the whole trilogy, the trilogy again, uh, I guess there's it's not a trilogy. But um, yeah. <laughs> after I watched the original first three again and I revisited it, I actually enjoyed it a lot more this time around as well. So yeah I'm there's... I'm
1: interested to watch, I I had no no depth of understanding about any metaphors watching it in high school so it, it was very much just a I know this is going to be gory uh and it had it definitely had a sense of fun to it that I at least that I remember in terms of like the post apocalyptic sort of vibe and like the isn't that the one where they have like a the giant armored cars and stuff that have yep. chainsaws and guns was yeah. John,
0: yeah John Leguizamo. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and Dennis Hopper, like it's it's
0: yeah, Dennis Hopper's just nuts in that movie. Well, I guess he's nuts in everything he's (laughs) in, but
1: standard. Yeah, (laughs) I'm gonna have to find a good way to talk about it on the next episode, like all the other movies leading up to it in a way that feels like I've covered them, but also then have to ignore all of them and try not to talk about it when we only talk about the fifth or the fourth movie. Yeah, so we'll see. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, guess what I've been doing what's that i'm i'm very ashamed
0: i'm very ashamed about this but dude dude i'm just now watching the Watchmen. oh the show
1: yeah oh
0: holy shit how far how
1: far into it are you six episodes okay so you're you're nearing the end yeah
0: yeah, i just watched the nostalgia episode
1: okay so where she's going through the drug okay
0: Yeah. Holy shit, man. What a show. Like I'm a, I'm a very, very big fan of like the, the comic book, graphic novel, whatever you want to call it. I know you don't, you always get picky about how people uh, pronounce comic books on the show
1: about how some people
0: (laughs) talk about it, but like the Watchmen that's, would you call that a graphic novel or a comic book?
1: Uh, technically speaking, it's a comic. Uh, well, they're all comics, right? So yeah. that's, that's the broad sense. It was a mini series, like a, yeah, a mini, a 12 issue mini series in modern times. People call those maxi series now or limited series, but, uh, yeah, it was a comic. And then, but that being said, Watchmen is probably the biggest exception to the rule that exists in history in terms of people calling it a graphic novel when it technically wasn't done that way. So I I get it. I think the biggest like on all of the versions I have of it in in paperback on the back of the book the biggest pull quote is from like Time Magazine and it's like the greatest modern graphic novel or something. Yeah. So it's it's pretty synonymous with that. But yeah, me too. I mean it's it's Watchmen. So I mean, <laughs> yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's a high standard. But yeah.
0: Yeah, it's a fucking great book. But uh, the the show is just blowing me away right now, and it. I don't know, man. Just seeing Adrian Vite fishing for fetuses is like one of the most <laughs> wild things I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Dude, uh,
1: imagine watching that show like when it came out where it seemed like a sci fi, you know, superhero show. But also that was like, oh, wow, they're pushing some uh, not boundaries, but like they're definitely taking some current ideas and taking them to the next step. You're watching it now when a lot of those ideas are just actually happening. Exactly, like it's amount, it's so timely. Of time <laughs> that happened. Yeah. It, it was. It's not even like it was years ago. Like it was literally like what six, it was seven like six months ago. Like six, seven months ago. Yeah. So it, it's yeah, it's it's crazy. it's I don't know. It's sad, kind of, but also just, I don't know. It makes you and that that whole show too. I mean, it, obviously, a lot of my perspective comes from the comic book world because I work in that industry and like people you know, throwing a lot of crap people's way for enjoying it and watching it because of the whole Alan Moore rights controversy stuff that's happened, which if you don't know about, you can go look it up on Wikipedia. I'm sure it's got its own article. It's pretty fascinating. But the consensus seems to be that DC uh, screwed Alan Moore and Dave Gibbons over with the rights. And so um, I don't know, a lot of people in the comic book industry were trying to give each other crap for watching it or liking it because it was like, well, this is them just taking that intellectual property that they technically own, but kind of arguably stole and made this new thing. All of that aside, for me, at least if I'm not looking at that and just looking at the art, it's it's pretty hard to deny it in terms of what it is and what it does. And um, I'm going back now and at the gym, Oh, I'm only watching them at the gym, but I'm watching the, the leftovers um, for the first. Oh, well, so good yeah. not for the first time. I've watched some of the first season with Amanda when it came out and I read the book years before they, did the show so I knew the first season already from the book but uh, I'm in season two now and I can tell like I, I liked what I had seen of season one back in the day and I liked it a lot when I watched it this time but I'd always heard people say seasons two and three are like where it really goes crazy good and even just watching the first episode of season two you can already see all the Watchmen DNA and, and not even just the actors that he reuses but um just the the weird like, stuff the that you see that happens too. yeah and it's yeah. just like i don't know what that means at all and watchman's so great at that and uh the score like i've obviously i'm biased because nine inch nails is my favorite band but reznor and, Att- and atticus ross's score is so crazy good like i i, I, I think for so i think long. this is
0: i think this is one of their best ones i think so too yeah,
1: yeah. for sure and, and uh, I'm not,
0: I'm not a, I'm not a fan of them, but I'm a fan of their, their scores. Like I'm, I really enjoy like, obviously the score, social network score, gone girl, girl, oh, yeah. with the uh, dragon tattoo, all of those, they, they've been great. Um, But this, this just seems like something different
1: because like it's, oh, yeah. it's so good. It's amazing. I think you're right around, and this isn't a spoiler, but you're right around, they do a cover of a David Bowie song. Um, like a piano instrumental. That's amazing. Man, Um, there's been a couple of
0: those. They've just been unreal. Like, yeah, yeah, it's so good. But I don't know. Yeah, like their whole like the they're going down a whole uh, they're doing like an alternate history type thing like where like they're clearly referencing nine eleven but using the event of eleven eleven two. And yeah. um hearing the one character reference Spielberg's movie that won Academy Awards or had the little girl walking through Manhattan after the squid attack, but she's like wearing a red dress. I'm like, yeah. holy shit. like I don't know. I thought that was all like really clever and brilliant. like i'm I'm so on board for it. And as soon as we're done tonight, I'm going Courtney and I are going to keep watching it. We're both in love with it. that's awesome yeah. man.
1: i'm I'm excited to rewatch it I've thought about I haven't told Andy this, but. Uh, he he is not like Andy on uh, your international coast. He's not a huge like physical media guy. Like, I mean, he is they own physical media He and his wife. But like he doesn't run out and buy, you know, new movies or shows when they come out or whatever. But this was one that he preordered like the the set once it was releasing in Germany. Like he's really excited about it. And I haven't told him yet, but I'm part of me is wondering, depending on how quickly or like how fast he moves through it, if he's watching it at a slower pace, I may watch it again uh, while he's watching it just to be able to talk to him about it week to week or like episode to episode rather because uh, it's been one that I've been wanting to rewatch for pretty much since it ended like that's I feel like more and more as I'm getting older too like that's a sign for me of something that really makes a dent is like if I finish something if I have the urge right away to get back into it um, I know that's something that that has stuck into the amount of stuff I forget that I've seen now like you know totally. a, a day later <laughs> I'll forget I watched a yeah. movie like also uh,
0: you and I are both active we're actively trying to seek out more than we probably ever have in our life because we're trying to you know give people entertaining shows to listen to we want to try and watch things so that people have something to listen to yeah
1: Uh, but that
0: that forces you to end up having to sift through some pretty forgettable stuff
1: and that's and that's horror too I mean like I've never experienced a genre until I got super into horror that is just I think probably more than any other genre, there's more bad stuff than good on a pretty wide margin. Uh, but that's part of the fun of it once you get into it, too. And I think you start to figure out even if something's bad, you start to see stuff that works. That's oh, yeah. Good. Like
0: lots lots of the times the bad stuff is the good stuff, too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like then there's Ky- that. fucking Kyle Zeravinsky. He just watched Stay Alive twice in the last month.
1: That's a video game movie.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we did an episode on it like two weeks ago and he already watched it again. It's like, man,
1: I was listening today when I was working, I was listening to uh, uh, a How Did This Get Made episode over Ninja Three, The Domination. Oh, yeah. Uh, Have you seen that? I haven't. I just heard you talk about it. Oh, man. I, it made me want to rewatch it. Them talking about it. And it's one of those where it's just like there's a line that they one of them mentioned that we my friends and I would not stop quoting afterwards that I'd forgotten about where there's infamously there's a sex scene involving V8, uh, the the beverage <laughs> yeah. uh, in, in the movie. I uh, can relate. I can relate. <laughs> I who can't? But yeah. there is a the reason there's V8 is because the, the protagonist, she does not like uh, she does. That's her drink of choice. And the way that she tells the uh, the like male romantic lead of the movie that is she says when he offers her a soda or whatever, she's like, I don't use soft drinks, which is one (laughs) of the weirdest things to ever like just say you don't drink soft. It's such a weird line delivery. And uh, like those are the kind of moments that I live for in those sort of trashy, like fun movies. And Ninja three, the domination doesn't sound like it's a horror movie totally is uh there's demon possession and exorcisms and all kinds of crazy stuff there's also ninjas so
0: yeah awesome (laughs) um have you uh checked anything else out or is it all me now
1: uh i think it's all you man like i i've been reading things here and there um i i started reading bent heavens which is uh daniel krause's newest book uh which is kind of like a as it's been promised is like a gnarlier alien abduction kind of violent thing. It honestly, it sounds similar to a movie that you and I both liked uh, that we both saw for the first time recently. I'm trying to remember the name of it from the Blair, Witch dude altered, but I think that's altered. It is. No, it's altered. altered? What's the found footage vampire movie that's in like France or whatever. Is that afflicted?
0: Yeah, and, man, that's super funny because uh, Boozy brought that up. He watched that this week. It's okay. coming, up, coming up on our next episode. <laughs> I
1: haven't seen it in a while, but I, I remember liking it. Um, I've never like, seen it. but They put on, yeah. like, GoPro cameras and, like, fly around and stuff. Anyway. Um, oh, that sounds cool. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, it, it reminds me a little bit of uh, the premise of Altered in some ways where they capture an alien and they're, like, uh, in this case, the protagonist of the book, Her her dad was abducted by an alien, by – he says aliens and he disappears, and no one believes him. And he had set up traps in the woods. And uh, she's out. He's been gone, but presumably dead for years at this point. And she has a lot of resentment toward her dad and what happened and everything. Uh, and she's out with her friend in the woods, and they come across one of her dad's traps that he had set up. You know, everyone thought he was crazy, and there's an alien in it. Like it, it captured one after he's gone. Oh, wow. Um, what's so what's it's, this called again? It's called, it's either Bent Heaven or Bent Heavens. Um, okay. And uh, Daniel Krause, he's the dude who. I've always felt weird about this, but he he works a lot with Del Toro. Apparently, they went to dinner one time and Del Toro was like uh, or Daniel Krauss was like, I've got this idea about um, this woman who uh, falls in love with this creature that's in a lab. And Del Toro was like, I've got an idea like that, too. And they talked about it and then they left the dinner and Del Toro made The Shape of Water. And Daniel Krauss like wrote a book and they put Del Toro's (laughs) name above his on the book, even though Krauss wrote the book himself. Uh, I don't know. I, it seems like it was pretty amicable, but he's he's the other guy. He's not credited in The Shape of Water in the movie whatsoever. I've always just felt kind of bad for him because then, of course, that's the movie Del Toro wins Oscars for. But um, yeah, no kidding. <laughs> anyway, Krause he's a he's a good writer. He he collaborated with Del Toro on uh, that Troll Hunter show or Troll Hunters, whatever it's called, the Netflix show. Um, and then he did a book called Rotters. That's a, a YA book uh, that I, I read and I really liked it a lot. And so once his new book came out, and to tie it back into Romero. He is uh, finishing a book Romero had started writing before he died, which was another entry in his dead series. Uh, and that right. Comes that's out. what
0: that's where I've known. His, yeah, that's where I know yeah. his name from. It's because yeah. I Yeah,
1: I know about that book. Awesome. So, so, yeah, he's he's a cool writer. He's doing a comic coming up, too. So I've been he's one of the few people I've signed up for his mailing list. So I've been kind of following more of his stuff lately. And um, but yeah, other than that, that's that's mostly been it for me. So what, what have you been into?
0: That sounds cool. though. I'm going to actually probably Amazon that and pick it up because I need yeah. a new book to read. Um, I haven't
1: finished it. Uh, maybe it maybe it sucks. Like <laughs> yeah, so, man, far, it, so far, I'm into it, but we'll see.
0: <laughs> OK, if it, if uh, if it sucks, I'll send you the bill.
1: All right. Sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: one one I'm going to give to you. Uh, this is one that I, I decided to talk about on this episode instead of the one with uh, Boozy and Kyle, because I just feel like there's a better chance at you enjoying this or you having some sort of interest in it. Okay. But have you heard about the TV show Defending Jacob?
1: Yes, uh, my friend Austin from that I do hideous energy yeah. with sporadically. He really liked it uh, and he he was talking Well, I think he really liked most of it uh, I, I was talking to him about it and I I only mostly know about it because of him and then also In the zero dark 30 guy didn't he write it? Um,
0: uh, William Landay
1: no. the, it's
0: because it's based off the based off a novel by William Landay not the, um, so
1: not the book I'm talking about. I'll look it up while you're talking about it, but I'm pretty sure the, his, his, his name, I think his name is Mark Bull. He also Mark, did. Bo- Mark Bombach. Or Bombach. Okay. Maybe yeah. I'm getting my people mixed up then. But okay. yeah. I ended up like it. He wrote Dawn of the Planet of the
0: Apes, War for the Planet of the Apes. Uh, total Recall. I don't see anything about
1: this. Is not I. I probably remembered Mark Bull correctly, and it's not Mark Bomback. So no. So never mind. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, I I've don't... heard about it, and I have Apple TV Plus because I bought a I bought an iPhone, so I have it for a year. Uh, and the only show I've watched is that Shyamalan show. So maybe I'll check this one out too. I'll yeah.
0: Yeah, well, this is one that uh, like, and I also could see this being something that uh, it might be up your wife's alley as well. So it's something you guys might be able to watch together because this is definitely not a horror show. Like, okay. It's definitely not horror, um, but I do want to mention it because it's starring uh, J- Jaden Martell who played, well, he's young Bill in IT Chapter 1 and 2.
1: Oh, nice. Um, okay, yeah, cool. so
0: he, he's the kid in it, and then the, you have uh, Chris Evans as he's a father uh, and Michelle Dockery, who I knew I knew her from nothing but, but it turns out she's famous for Downton Abbey okay and so of course i've I've never seen that um I turned the gentleman off she's in the gentleman that was okay. <laughs> I thought that I was like forty minutes into that movie and I thought it was fucking awful I uh, um, read right, right, she is burn enough bridges with me that I, I don't
1: jump into his new oh, movies anymore god
0: i thought that the, the, this is by far his worst one i thought like <laughs> the, the writing i was like man this guy's so far up his own ass <laughs> um i can't yeah i can't stand his stuff anymore but especially that one anyways defending jacob though this is it's a really really good show that's uh it's this is just a true look at and it's a really good look at true inner turmoil um, it's like a fascinating study on adult human behavior and like what deep rooted guilt and paranoia looks like from varying different angles and situations. So like, but like Michelle Dockery, she stole the show for me. I thought she was fucking brilliant. She's so she like, yeah, I, I knew nothing of her. So I thought that I was like, that, she seems like kind of a weird choice for the mom. Cause she just didn't have much charisma. I, I just didn't see her bringing anything to this role but man did she turn she she completely proved me wrong because by i think episode three or four it's like oh she has this whole show on her shoulders and uh, i thought she was amazing in it but um it's uh without spoiling anything it's it's definitely for fans of people like if you're into stories like Broadchurch I think you you and I are both fans of Broadchurch hey eh?
1: Oh huge fan yeah Yeah I, I it,
0: I'm not yeah I'm not going to say this is as good as Broadchurch but it's definitely if you're a fan of Broadchurch you'll get some enjoyment out of this There's obviously there's also obvious like Gone Girl vibes that are going through it but um it's it's one of those it's a it's a story about uh like Chris Evans is a d uh what's it, he's a defense attorney and his son is named as the prime suspect in a murder that happened to a kid at his school. And it's all about him and his family trying to prove his son's innocence. But, like, throughout the show, you're you're questioning if he actually is innocent or not. And the kid, like, with Jaden Martell, I thought he was a perfect casting as well. Like, he's... Man, that, that kid, like, I... I admit it, I like those it movies, but I like I wasn't blown away by his performance or anything like that. But mm-hmm. this was a, this was a role that actually gave him something that he he had something to work with here, and uh, I thought he I thought he killed it. Like he he. I didn't uh, realize he was
1: in it. That's cool. I I even liked him in uh, Knives Out when he's like that. Oh yeah, like the the douchey like like right alt right kid.
0: <laughs> yeah oh man it's yeah he's so good at that movie's fucking amazing yeah i almost didn't watch that because i was a little stupid idiot fanboy <laughs> like the yeah, last it like,
1: like that don't worry about it <laughs>
0: um but i just yeah defending jacob like at its best it's moody it's smart it's intense and heartbreaking but at its worst it's definitely melodramatic um but it's never it's never dull but this is in lesser hands this could have been completely forgettable or written off as like another soapy cliche family yeah. drama uh, but the writing and the actors elevate it to something devastating, and uh, so it is. It's one of those ones that you you. It follows a lot of these tropes that we come to know from daytime TV. That I'm sure everyone's parents. We grew up watching their parents watch, and we're like, "Why? Why are you wasting your time doing this? Like, it's so obvious what's happening." And uh, they completely subvert your expectations almost at every turn. It, of course, it, there's times where it delves into that a little. It get, I think I know if. Uh, I think I can imagine what Austin's issues were with it. <laughs> um, if oh, yeah, if I'll tell you it. off
1: air since you've seen it. Yeah, because I don't in case it's spoilery for people. But yeah,
0: yeah, like it just it's it's pretty cool. But it, they it's a sensational case fed to you in breadcrumbs, like it, mm-hmm. and it's dressed up in great acting. So it, like it's it's really it's the actors that oh man, and J.K. Simmons is in the show. Oh nice. He, He is so fucking good in this as well. And yeah, I just, this is one that I actually thought of you. I I do that a lot. I think of you. um, I think of you when I'm, when I'm at work sometimes and I'm watching a show and I'm like, Hey, David would like this. I think about you during sex sometimes. Um, So
1: I think we've both joked off air that it's the only way we can finish. So uh, we're on the (laughs) same page there. Yeah. It's Uh, true. Yeah, no, I do that a lot with with you too. This is just just getting so so emotional. Um, no, but I, what was the other thing I was going to say uh, about this specifically? Crap, my mind just went blank. You you threw me off guard with the with the romantic stuff. Uh, oh yeah, uh, it does sound like something Amanda would like too. <laughs> what I was forgetting was my real life wife. As I was going off down this rabbit hole of you and I together, uh, <laughs> she just finished watching um, uh, Sharp Objects on, on oh, HBO. Yeah was really into that. Yeah. And it, it sounded like one I probably would have liked too. So she, she loves the, the Oh man, if she like if she likes sharp
0: objects, she'll love this. Okay.
1: Awesome. It's uh,
0: I personally think it's better. Like, okay. I, I like, I like sharp objects as well, but uh, this, Oh man, I thought I was very surprised by how much I enjoyed defending Jacob. Cause I thought, I thought this was one, especially with Chris. I don't think Chris Evans is a great actor. I like him, but I don't think he's great. And he's also, he's not great all throughout this, this show. Uh, he has a couple moments where there he has to do some real acting. And I think he kind of stumbles a little bit, um, yeah, but he's one of those th-
1: guys that's really great at at what he does. But yeah, not, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm with you there. I really like him. And I feel like strangely, in some ways, he's got some range in Snowpiercer, but even that is, is still Agreed. pretty limited. But yeah, I'm, but I'm with his. You. I like him. his. His, whenever
0: he's angry, he just turns into Captain America. Though. Like, I don't, so <laughs> right. it's it's, hard, it's also hard to see that when he's been in so many of these these uh, Marvel okay. movies. But either way, I give Defending Jacob a, a thumbs up. I really enjoyed it. And then I have one last one that I want to recommend to you that I watched on Sunday afternoon that was recommended to us by Adam McDonald when we had him on the show, oh, nice. uh, director of Backcountry and Piewacket. Uh, he recommended uh, The Survivalist which is on I Amazon Prime. I saw you
1: log that. Yeah, and I saw you gave it four stars, which uh, always makes me take a little screenshot to remember it for later. Um, when you, there, I've got a few people on letterbox if it gives if it gets like a 4 or higher I'm like okay mark that one down because those you don't oh, get shit done. man I,
0: I give a lot of 4s out I've been thinking about recently I'm like man I give a lot of 4s but yeah. I've been
1: I've been watching some good shit That's it though man like I I was thinking that recently too and I I logged uh Night of the Living Dead I looked at my like last viewed movies and it was that horror noir uh The Vast of Night and Sunshine and I was like well it's just four great movies like Yeah
0: exactly <laughs> they're all fours
1: <laughs> So <laughs> So yeah cool. okay, yeah, I don't know but, anything about it, but I saw you and Courtney liked it.
0: yeah, i I really enjoyed it. It's just this is just like an ultra realistic and gritty survival thriller. Um, it's incredibly realistic in in the violence, and the it's another one where it's just three really strong performances. uh Mia goth, do you know do you know who she is?
1: I know the name, yeah. I, yeah. I'm she, sure I've seen her and stuff.
0: Yeah, she's great in it. And then there's the old lady from Mandy. I feel bad calling her that, but I don't know how to. Sp- I don't know how to pronounce her name properly.
1: Is I'm so a, bad Gains-
0: with that. Gainsborough, What's that?
1: Andrea Gainsborough, or something like great.
0: that. No, it's a Al Alwyn Uh Yeah, I, so not no Mandy. Way. No, no, she no not Mandy, but she is in Mandy. She's uh, gotcha. She plays Mother Marlene in Mandy. Okay, um, But yeah, she's in The Survivalist. And then I actually need to look up this, because I hadn't seen the the main actor. and uh, Martin McCann. Um, yeah, what else has he been in here? Okay, 71. Caliber, which is a movie that was recommended from Ellerick kane on the Shockwaves, rest in peace. <laughs> uh, yeah. But yeah, I, I still haven't watched that one, but I wanted to. He was in The Pacific, the the sequel to um, okay. Band of Brothers. Band of yeah. Brothers. Yeah. Uh, Wait, but so when did this movie come out? It came out in 2015 and yeah, it's i okay. uh, I'm just going to read the IMDb synopsis so I can, we can get onto the last of us, but <laughs> it's in a time of starvation, a survivalist lives off a small plot of land hidden deep in the forest. When two women seeking food and shelter, find his farm, find his farm. He finds his existence threatened.
1: Um, I remembered when this came out. Yeah, now that you read that the two women thing. Yeah. I, I didn't see, I obviously haven't seen it, but I, uh, I I totally remember this coming out. It played at the we have like a little art house theater. I mean, we did uh, over not too far from my house and it was playing there. And I I thought about going to see it, but I didn't know anything about it. Um, But I remember that now. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'm definitely going to watch this. Did you guys rent it or was it streaming? It It was
0: streaming on Amazon Prime. Oh, sweet. OK. Um, so it's probably probably available where you are as well. But yeah, yeah. I, mean, I don't know. I just I it's it's very slow. I would re- kind of compare it to It Comes a Night. I, from what I remember, you liked that movie enough. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, like- I, I, I would say like, obviously, I think I like survivalist more. It's they're obviously they're different in their own ways. But um, this is just like it's really, really realistic in the sense that the, you can just feel that the world is dying from starvation and it's and it's it's only in like one setting like they're they're just at his little farm and then every once in a while though an event will happen and it it it's weird how big the world feels when and it's, it's, it's just three actors
1: like that's, so cool that's why i commend it it's so cool when people pull that off like it's it's such a hard thing to do and i think so many writers think that they're doing it when they're writing a lot of backstory for their characters that you don't see or hear about but I it's it's got to be a difficult thing to pull off. What's the one? um, The headhunter was that way, too. Yeah. Where there was so little that you see, but you could tell that this was like a Skyrim sized world. Yeah. Um, But you're never getting any, you know, other than just little glimpses here and there. You don't get that scope, but, you know, it's there and you can feel it. That's so cool. Yeah,
0: totally. And yeah, this one. So I I just thought it was it's another real, like really interesting look at the human condition and what it takes to survive. And like when you're actually facing starvation, and it's one of those ones that makes you sit and ask questions like, would I be able to do that? Or would I just literally off myself? (laughs) Because there's, <laughs> cause it's like you you would have to you, there's certain things that you would have to do. Obviously, uh, not everything that he does in the movie you wouldn't have to do, but uh, there's some pretty uncomfortable scenes. But uh, it's definitely I I thought it was great. Um, and, and, awesome. and yeah, the other one like I this one I watched and I talked about a couple weeks ago. I'm just just quickly this is just for you, but um, I, I talked about it a couple episodes ago. I know you're a little bit behind, but uh, you should also watch these final hours.
1: Have oh, I've seen, seen that. One? Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: That, did you like it?
1: yeah I liked it a lot the uh when so when I got into horror in a big way, which was maybe six months to a year before we started doing area international uh it was um Andy was feeding me a lot yep. of different movies to watch because I had been friends with him for a long time before that went Dave too but that was one of the movies he told me about, which is kind of eh, I don't know if it's a horror movie, but it, it's at least in the realm yeah um so I haven't seen it since then, but I remember. Yeah, I I liked it quite a bit. It was, yeah, that one know, blew me that's away. A mystic movie, but <laughs> Good yeah, <movie>. totally.
0: Yeah, <laughs> when I when I talked about it on the show, Andy messaged me like the next day being like, I've never heard anyone else talk about that movie. Yeah. yeah. And uh <laughs> yeah, man, I, I loved it. But yeah, that's everything I got. So we can just pretty much hop right into The Last of Us Part
1: Two. But uh you you ready to do that? I am so ready. I've been waiting for this moment for a long time. <laughs> Let's do it, boy.
0: I feel
1: so extraordinary. I've got a hold on. <sighs>
0: All right, so we can finally do it. We can finally openly talk about The Last of Us Part 2.
1: <laughs> well, I yeah, I guess I should ask now. Are we, what are we doing with spoilers? Let's go
0: all in. Okay.
1: Well, I mean, because... I figured if we weren't, I was going to demand that we did, even if it had to be off air. Because I have talked to no one else about this game, and I've been dying to. Yeah. Uh, but I didn't know I if think... we were going to do, like, anything before we did a spoiler one or what, like... Whatever I don't
0: think there. I think that this is one of those rare cases where it's actually nearly impossible to talk about it with without spoilers. Like, yep. I guess we can say off the gate if we liked it or
1: not. But I don't know yeah, how good I, that. I I I would say that's a pretty good indication that this is a spoiler warning. So if you don't want it spoiled, you should probably turn the episode off now yeah. and come back to it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um so you're uh, this you're better I think you're up to date you're more up to date with the the video game world than I am I, even though like I know you even you said you don't you don't get to play video games all the time and like when you do it's it's pretty rare and you get to you you, you don't you put sinking 27 hours into a video game in a week is rare. Um, yeah. oh yeah,
1: very. Well, yeah. But, these definitely these kinds of games, yeah, rare. Yeah.
0: But you yeah. We're obviously a big fan of The Last of Us part one, as I'm sure anyone listening to this was. Yeah. Uh, was as
1: well, in the similar way that I tell people drive is my favorite movie of all time when they're, you know, people ask that question. And just so I have an answer, um, The Last of Us is the answer I give for favorite video game of all time. The first one. So, yeah. So, yeah, definitely a- one of my faves.
0: Okay, so I don't know how you want to go about this. Like, I, man, I have I've avoided pretty much everything online, so I know that the whole world has exploded over this game, um, but I don't know entirely what about. I know, um, obviously, some people had some issues with. Uh, like we'll we'll get into like the issues that people had with Ellie's arc, um, but I I don't know anything beyond that. I avoided all spoilers at all costs. Like did the, I think you said that you had some pretty heavy stuff spoiled for you before you even played the game. Hey? Like now you can tell me what that was.
1: <laughs> I yeah I did I didn't know exactly how so I you knew I Joel saw, was gonna die. I didn't know if I I didn't know if what I read was real or not so. That was part of it for a while. So ultimately, I did know that Joel was going to die, but I didn't know that until it happened, if that makes sense. Because I I had read something in a comment and it was in a context where I was like, I don't know if that's real or if it's someone trolling. So once I saw that, I bailed. I was like, okay, the Internet's officially not safe for me to be anywhere at this point. And so I, I didn't see anything after that. Um, but the way that the, so the comment was true, but like with a lot of stuff with this game where people are like review bombing it and stuff when it came out, it was from someone who had had watched a leak, had no idea of the context of it and just posted something to try to spoil stuff for others. So what I had read was that, uh, someone, uh, hit Joel over the head with a golf club and killed him, which, which does happen. Now I assumed that once I started getting into the game, that was going to happen like at the end or like yeah. midway or something like that. Uh, I also didn't know if maybe that person, cause it was a girl's name, but I didn't remember the name. So I wondered if maybe it was Dina that would like, it, if it was going to be yeah, some yeah. sort of like, she was, you know, she was secretly with Ellie because she's trying to get to Joel. I, I had no idea. So it wasn't, it ultimately didn't really ruin anything because I didn't know what the context was. And yeah, it happens in the first like hour. <laughs> so that's uh, that's out of the way right away. Um, and then the only other thing I saw was something like, it was someone that was pissed off that they had finished the game and they were like, um, (laughs) it's funny reading now they were saying it now, but they were like the last of Us part two is like playing is like playing a game, a a version of super Mario brothers where, um, where a Goomba kills Luigi at the beginning (laughs) of the game, you travel the mushroom kingdom to find and kill the Goomba. And then at the end you give him a high five and go home instead of killing them uh and it was someone that was pissed off which again beat for beat kind of true not exactly but it was someone that was pretty bitter with it so i i i didn't know what exactly that would mean now all that to say um i just
0: want to i just do want to say though that you you mentioned something important to me is that i want to say like just right out the gate i was so impressed by the plumbing in this video game.
1: <laughs> really?
0: I could not. A real, be- I,
1: I know that could be a real thing. I don't know if you're joking.
0: I or not. could not believe that most of the shit was done to code. And like, I actually I'm dead serious. At the I beginning. know you would
1: know, so that's why I can't tell if this is a joke.
0: Yeah, no, I'm I'm actually dead serious. But unfortunately, it comes out as a joke. Um, but you know, in the past, video games have uh, haven't been the nicest to us plumbers. Like Super Mario Brothers, it's it's
1: uh, that that's shit's a base, just a not of,
0: real. A big middle finger to your profession, Super Mario. Exactly. Yeah, but so it was nice to see that. And uh, it honestly
1: I, doesn't surprise me, just because like that's one thing we can get out of the way now. Like, on a technical level, pretty much at this point in time, I I don't know that there's a better game in terms of, like, what they pulled off with the graphics, with the details of the world, with, like, the little touches of the way, even just, like, the way the the physics of the ropes work. I read an article today or a series of tweets where some another game developer was shocked at how much riding a horse felt like riding a horse in terms of the vibration, like, the haptic feedback in the controller. Yeah, So, like... Top to bottom, the amount of time and money and like professional level creators involved in this is insane. <laughs> like, yeah, like down to so-
0: every single little detail. Even like if the yeah. whole the new uh, like having the ability to play the guitar too it was such a strong oh, yeah. addition to the game. Like I taught Ellie how to
1: play D4 Wonderwall. Real weird. <laughs> Did you notice yeah. that? Like yeah, she does she plays <laughs> it as a bar chord, which was so strange to me. But other than that, uh yeah, no, absolutely. So. You say that as a joke, kind of, but also serious. And I absolutely believe you that the plumbing in this game would be up to code. Oh, man. I was had someone in charge of that. Like, that's yeah.
0: All like, w- at the very beginning of the game, when Ellie's leaving with uh, I think she, she's leaving with uh, who is it? Was it um, was
1: it Steve? Um, uh, uh or no, was it was Steve-, Steve starts with a J. Um, uh, crap, uh, I forgot his name. I just played it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know it's been a couple of days, They're, but their he, yeah. yeah, uh, but she's leaving. Jesse, yeah she's leaving with him and uh I I accidentally like interacted with the door so she grabbed her bag and she's getting ready to go I'm like hold up hold up hold up I want to check out this wood stove this shit's impressive (laughs) like because it's like it's all vented out properly it's like and also like it's uh it's kind of like in it comes at night that was like one of the first times I noticed that where I was just like man this is like how they would have to rig up their plumbing in the apocalypse like they they
1: awesome yeah, yeah no, I don't, I I don't have that's... any knowledge of that stuff, but it makes me. It, 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 I think it's awesome that you know and that that you saw that. Like, I think that's... it's
0: an interesting detail that they paid attention to that because, like, that that's just you know how nitpicky I can be.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> like, no, um... me too. Yeah, I totally so... get it.
0: So, like, uh, seeing, like, uh, how everything's all rigged up in there and how how they found a way to. Obviously, they there's still plumbers alive, so they probably did it. But it's, it's cool. Like, I just I thought that was amazing. Obviously, the whole game amazed me. But <laughs> that's yeah, one thing I've been
1: doing. I've been playing on New Game Plus on hard right now and uh, here and there. I'm definitely not playing at the same pace. But that's one of the things in that town area at the beginning in Jackson. I've been, like when you walk through the town, the first time I played it, I I went with the pace of the game of the narrative of like walking with Jesse and them talking and everything. This time I just bailed on Jesse and just started walking around and looking at stuff. And, um, (laughs) I found Gustavo Santo, Alaya, however you pronounce his name, the composer, he's in the town square playing a banjo, like stuff I hadn't noticed, uh, or at least it very much looks like him at like an homage they put in the game of him. Um, noticing all these little details that i you don't see and and they're not even really there for you to see it's just t- to be lived in and that stuff is insane but before yeah i i want to know did you like the game did you is it thumbs up thumbs down what'd you think overall oh
0: my god man i i fucking loved it like okay. I, I love I didn't know
1: if we were going to I didn't know if I wanted you to hate it so that we would have a livelier <laughs> discussion or if I wanted you to love it like I did so that we would be on the same page I'm happy I, either way yeah I, was, I didn't
0: know because like you were you were giving me absolutely nothing when I was trying <laughs> I was trying to get something out of you so I was like man did David not, is he one of the guys who did, didn't like this or is no, he going to was... bitch about the the <laughs> like because it's very unconventional storytelling for a video game it's unconventional yeah. for a video game in almost every way and that." Yeah. that's what's so brilliant about it man like i saw it being compared to pulp fiction today in the in the narrative sense and i'm like man that's so that's spot on like this this has got to be the first time that that's been this is the first time for a lot of things in a video game yeah and i think so it too. was even Courtney, Courtney hates watching me play video games. Obviously, what girlfriend wants to watch their boyfriend play video games? Um, but she would like come into the room sometimes, and she would just stand there and stare. And she was just so roped up into it. And like when I finished it, she like had to come out and like watch the final scenes with me, or like ask me what she missed and everything. And it's it's amazing. Like, oh man, it's a video yeah, game.
1: I, <laughs> I totally agree. I uh, I was very I was hesitant going into it because the. It's good that you've avoided everything online right now. was I read an article on Polygon yesterday that was literally about how this is, game is an impossible. I think that the headline was something like The Last of Us Part Two is a is a minefield to talk about right now or something like that, where it was just like it, it's no matter what you think of it, it's kind of impossible to talk about it. And there's all there's all kinds of crazy drama between uh, people involved with the game, fighting with journalists about things that they said or didn't say, and then. There are people that review bombed the game, just like has happened with a lot of movies where they they whether it's because they hated the stuff that they saw out of context and leaks and they haven't even played the game or if it's because they're they're bigoted and they hated the LGBT stuff or the the, the trans character or, or even just Abby being not a like, you know, fem- quote unquote feminine, like female game character, yeah. like being this like crazy, like ripped sort of masculine like strong character in that sense and people having a problem with that like it's all over the place and even if you like the game so much as has gone you know honestly dude and i'm not like (laughs) i know that there's some history here and i promise i'm not bringing it up so put aside put aside everything what this franchise is, put that aside. And just in terms of the discourse, it reminds me so much of the last Jedi where it's, it's something that, and obviously that's different because it's star Wars and star Wars is something different to everyone. And that's a variable wild card in that thing that you always are going to have. But it reminds me so much of that where people who really loved the movie, uh, there were, they were absolutely people that were being very, like highbrow, pretentious, elitist about liking the movie and saying like, oh, well, if you don't like the movie, you don't appreciate good art. Then there were people on the other side of it that were super pissed and hated the movie and called it like horrible fan fiction where they ruined characters like it. And I know for both of us and we landed on different places with that movie, like for both of us, by the time Return of or what's it called? Um, the last one, not Return Rise right. of Rise of Skywalker, Rise of Skywalker, by the time that one came out, even on that movie, which we were on different sides of you and I both had the same reaction, which was like, man, I don't want to talk about or watch star Wars for a while. Like, yeah, that's where I'm still there. Me too. Like I, I dug Mandalorian. I think all of us pretty much did, but other than that, like I've, I've just taken an extended break from it.
0: Yeah. And and the world, the world ruined it more for me than the actual movies
1: did. Yeah, no, totally. And I've, I've had this conversation to look forward to. I haven't talked to anybody else. I've been excited and looking forward to talking with you about it. But reading stuff online, it's it's just insane, man, like the amount of people that that are and and it sucks because I definitely am going to side with the people that like the game because I think it's I think it's pretty great and it is frustrating. It's got to be super frustrating for the people at Naughty Dog and especially like Druckmann, Neil Druckmann, the creative director and and writer, one of the co-writers who he's I heard him on a, a podcast talking about how. Like the thing that's the most he they knew from the beginning. They were like, we know this game's going to piss some people off. Like we we kill Joel at the beginning. Like Mm -hmm. we give you 10 hours with Ellie and then we force you to play as the Joel's killer for the second half of the game and make you sort of like her and understand her. And then have all of this stuff that happens, which I I thought was was honestly brilliantly done. Totally. Absolutely brilliant. And yeah, and we can get into those details too, but he's like, I, Druckmann said, he's like, we knew that was going to happen. Like, this is by design. This is going to be a divisive game and there's going to be people that love the first game that are going to hate the second game. He's like, what's frustrating for us right now is that that stuff leaked. And now so many people are writing the game off that otherwise would have played it and would have been challenged by those things and potentially would have really liked the game, but they're never giving it a chance now because they just see, oh, Joe gets killed and then you have to play as the killer. That sucks. I'm never playing that game. And I do think that that is a huge bummer because even for me, like before this game came out, I played and beat Last of Us 1 on every difficulty level except for Grounded, which I was in the process of doing before Last of Us Part 2 came out. and I didn't finish it in time. I watched the documentary, the feature link documentary about the game twice, once in the weeks before it came out. I played it while I was working. The the official podcasts have listened to all of those episodes. I watched the one night live thing that they did. I have the art book. I have the comic, like literally everything I can find about this, this game I've taken in and, and read and everything else. And even for me playing this game and I'm as, you know, going into it is probably as biased as you can get when it switched over and I had to play as Abby. I didn't want to play as Abby. <laughs> no, like, yeah. at first I you have, really don't want to. I didn't have like a strong reaction of like, no, no, no. I want to kill her. Like, I didn't have that sort of reaction necessarily, but I, I didn't want to leave Ellie. I was so yeah. invested with playing with her that I was like, man, I don't want to play it. Like I know what they're trying to do. Like I know what they want to give me like perspective. Cause we go back to the beginning of day one of Seattle. Like I, I, get where they're going, but I didn't want to do it. And then by the time that was over, I was like, Oh crap. I like Abby. Yeah. <laughs> and exactly. I, I like Lev. Like I like these characters. And I think like, you and I love this sub like this sort of subgenre of of film too which is these like crime revenge thrillers and there's so many great ones out there and this to me fits in perfectly with a lot of the best of those especially the ones that are messy and are are done by someone like I love a good revenge movie that's just a straight up revenge movie you know that's like a John Wick or something like that yeah, I, totally. I love those too but I also love Blue Ruin like Blue Ruin's one of my favorite movies in that in that uh, in that subgenre and that's like that's a, me- I'm, I'm assuming you've seen that, right? Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. And it's like, that's a messy movie. Like it's not quite as, um, I think like complex and miniseries esque as, as last of Us part two, but it's a movie that's like, it's not fun. <laughs> like it's, it's yeah. just this like sad movie that all these people's lives are ruined and you're watching it and you're on Macon Blair's side. But by the end of it, you're also just kind of like hoping you're exhausted. You're like hoping that it can end. And I think this fits into those kinds of stories so well I agree as well
0: but I think that it actually like it totally it totally does fit in that but like the first game it subverts those expectations of what and obviously I know you you've probably already you caught onto this as well but like the game isn't even a revenge game by the end of it just like the first just like the original The Last of Us it was all about trying to get Ellie to, he was trying to get her help and get to the, the fireflies and everything. And then it turns into a completely different story. And it's more so about his grief and him dealing with the loss of his daughter. Yeah. And then this, this one, it does the same thing. And I think it ends, I'm really excited to talk about what we think about the ending, like the very, very end. Yeah. Um, cause I, I, I have some theories, but cause the, this can't be the end of it, obviously. Um, it's funny because also this was a game that I didn't want because <laughs> the I'm last not year anybody
1: was, did. Yeah, no,
0: because <laughs> and I, yeah, I don't think anyone did because it was it's one of those things that's like, man, you already you made a perfect game. You, yeah. There's nowhere to there's nowhere to go but down from there, and I don't know how you feel about this because I know obviously I think you're clearly you've proven I you've proven to be the best person I could possibly talk to about this <laughs> because I haven't paid attention to eighty percent of the stuff that you were just talking about. Like I would love to, but I never got the art books. I never I haven't listened to the podcast. I did watch the the feature length documentary when it came out um, with the game like back in the day, like I think 2015 around then. Yeah. Um but I haven't I haven't seen it since which and, I
1: highly I highly recommend people watch. It, yeah. Even if you're just like a a pretty mild fan, it's a great, great it's called um, grounded. And it's it's on YouTube for free.
0: Yeah, I, I definitely I'm gonna watch it again before I play through this again. Um which is so weird that like if the like I, I do think if there's one negative I could if there's one single negative I could say about the game, it's that I think re- like but I this is I have this conversation with the guys on uh episode that's coming up when we talk about the skin I live in but just because you don't want to watch a movie all the time doesn't mean that it's not a fucking incredible movie that means it did its job like it, it it like just because it's not like the this game is fun to play but at the same time it's so heavy and it's so it's so emotionally exhausting that it's not one that I personally I didn't want to go back and play it from the beginning right at the beginning you did that though hey
1: no, <laughs> that's no. what I was going to say. I, I i'm I'm with you. I didn't not right away. I played uh, I'm playing Persona Four Golden now, which is a if you know anything about that game, yeah. it's a very bright. yeah, you uh, need a little
0: bit of a palette cleanser pop,
1: yeah. and it's a big game. So uh, but it's still very, very, very different tonally. And then as i as I started listening to more and more episodes of the official podcast, that's coming out, which I also highly recommend. it's probably, Along with, oh, man, I'm glad I just remembered this because you will also really love this. The There's only been two, like, officially licensed podcasts I've ever listened to in my life that have been great and haven't been just, like, extended commercials for the product or everyone's just each other. Like, obviously, these, mo- these podcasts are very positive because they're not going to have people talking crap about it on the official licensed podcast. But the official Last of Us podcast is fantastic. It's so good. A new episode just came out this morning. They're going through the first game beat by beat, and then they're going to start going into the second game. And they're talking with Druckman, Ashley uh, Johnson, Troy Baker, uh, and basically all the main big yeah. people that are involved with the games. Uh, the other one is the official Watchmen podcast. You have to listen to that one. Oh, dude. awesome. Uh, it's the guy from – and I know you like the show too. It's the dude who made the Chernobyl series. Yeah, I, and I, 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 list, I listen to the Chernobyl podcast. So. Okay, so it's probably similar. He's interviewing yeah. Lindelof, and they do a one episode – for every three Watchmen episodes there's three of them total and it's very very good okay Um, that's awesome but yeah yeah, i i had to take uh i had to take a break too and then as i was listening to the podcast and i was like all right i want to get back into it because i think uh, i'm with you i think the gameplay is extremely fun and that's one thing that i always irked me a little bit especially right now a lot of the conversation around the game is people referring back to the first game and saying like oh yeah that was a game that had a great story and like not that great gameplay. Man I I just I just replayed
0: yeah I just replayed it Um, this was my first time replaying it on the Playstation 4 though I played it twice on PS3 Oh, and nice. then I and then I played I played through it. Um I think you actually inspired me to play through it again because you talked about it on eerie and I was like I was laid off because of COVID and had nothing to do. So I was like, fuck, I should play through The Last of Us again before The Last of Us Two comes out. And I did, man, and I totally disagree. I think that game is so beautifully crafted in every way. I think the gameplay is awesome in that game.
1: Yeah. Um I agree. but
0: with but with that being said, one one other positive about Abby is I personally feel that the game feels the best when you're controlling Abby yeah like I think some, some of the gameplay is the best when, like the addition of the crossbow too is such a good such yeah. a strong addition. like I love that weapon. Um, but yeah, the- I think she's such a strong character, and you you feel it's cool that you feel the difference between her and Ellie.
1: Yeah, no, you absolutely do. And, and, and the first game is that way too. Like the, actually, and the only reason I even thought about this, because the podcast came out this morning about the winner section of the first game. And they're talking about that reveal in the first game where you are playing as Joel the entire time. And you watch that cutscene with Ellie hunting that rabbit. And suddenly the camera isn't moving anymore. And you're like, did the game freeze? And then you realize that you're playing the game and you have to control her. And as soon as you do you realize like she moves differently and you know, there's a, a, a swiftness to her that Joel doesn't have. And you have to play a little bit differently as her. And you yeah, have she to, doesn't aim right. as well. Right. Yeah. And you're yeah. absolutely right with Abby. Like the, it, it, she plays closer to Joel a little bit totally. in terms of like, she's got the strength that Ellie doesn't have. And, you know, she's able to take down zombie or uh, infected in a, a different way. I'm doing what the game did and refusing to say zombie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but then that's, that I think that piece of design specifically that you're talking about with Abby is so important uh, for multiple reasons. One, I think from a narrative perspective, because and they touch on this in one flashback where she lifts. Um, I forget his name now. Owen up through the who is played by Patrick Fugit. Did you know that? I didn't know that. No. What? <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. Um, she lifts him up through like a, a window And he he's like, oh, man, you're like you're getting stronger or whatever. Like they they mention that in the game. But what that is there for narratively is this is a woman who after her dad is killed, she devotes everything mentally, emotionally and then physically uh, to killing him. So she's she's just completely transforming her body so that she can kill this guy at some point. So it serves that point narratively. But then from a design perspective, too, like it's setting that. Uh, feel up for her so that when you do when the storylines do reconverge and you're back in front of Ellie I think I don't know what you expected but I expected to go back to Ellie at that point and you don't so then no. you're now fighting Ellie Oh man that's I hated first time that the conflict yeah it feels yeah. so bad and weird
0: oh, dude I hated I hated having to sneak up behind a, a, Ellie and hit her and stuff because like, I'm like no fuck I'm like yeah. yes I, I like you, I get it I like you both now but fuck off like yeah, I'm not It's awful.
1: That was was one of my favorite sequences in the game because uh, (laughs) in a weird way, because I felt discomfort the entire time. But I I felt genuine fear at attacking Ellie because I knew that she that Abby is way stronger and she proves that in that scene. She beats the piss out of Ellie and every single time she hits her in the face, it feels (sighs) like she's going to kill her. It's so it's so gnarly. But then on the opposite side of that, and this is one of the things I wrote down in my notes that got me so excited was there was one point where I was sneaking around and suddenly I exploded and I realized that Ellie had set a trap. Oh yeah. Yeah. I had a giant <laughs> smile on my face, dude. Like I was so, because I was like, I know El, that's how I played. Like yeah, that is you exactly get her kid. Like <laughs> that was so cool that the the game turned to that mechanic on me because I don't know how many dudes I killed with those trap bombs. As Ellie yeah, no kidding. Hey. So, oh man, that's like a little microcosm glimpse of, of this game. And they, They expand on that and then they I was scared that the game was going to end around there. I I, I got worried. I was like, oh, this game has been amazing, but I don't know how I feel about like I thought it was going to end with uh, her and Dina on the farm and with with JJ. And that was going to be the end of the game. And the one of my favorite moments in the game is when she goes to get that that uh, is it a sheep uh, or a lamb or something?
0: Oh, my God, man, that I was in. Oh, my God, I was a fucking i know i say this a lot but i was a puddle i that affected me so hard yeah she
1: goes and tries to get the sheep out and she has the uh ptsd there's just one silent like image flash of joel's dead body like his face and that killed me man (laughs) like that i paused the game and wrote that down immediately so i could remember to talk about it here and like her dealing with ptsd i thought was so well done and like that's one thing i've seen a lot of people be critical of is like You know, well, she didn't you know, why didn't she just go kill her and blah, blah, blah. And why did she why isn't she a changed person if they're going to go that route? And the thing I got and I got and I'm going to sound real pretentious and be like, I got this before I heard them talk about it. But literally, this was my take and was confirmed later by Druckmann and Ashley Johnson. It just feels like she doesn't know any other option. Like she's got this PTSD and it is destroying her, her and her life. And basically, when Tommy shows up, who is another great scene because Tommy in the first game and in this game is pretty likable until the last time you interact with him. And he's kind of just a total dick. Like he, he tells her, you know, I found Abby, blah, blah, blah. And I got the sense with, with Ellie going that it wasn't so much that she still craved revenge. I mean, that was maybe part of it, but also she's just so messed up that like, maybe this will stop it. Like maybe she's wondering like, if I can do this, maybe the PTSD will stuff will end. Maybe this, the nightmares will end. Maybe this, stuff yeah, will- it's a, that's exactly what I took from it as well. Yeah, I, I felt like that was pretty sure. I'm glad you taught, thought the same thing, too, because you th- what's great. And that's another thing. And I'm going to stop talking in a second. I'm talking way too much, but there's so much symmetry and and mirror imaging happening within this game and then against the second game. But even that journey for Ellie, you've already gone through with Abby. So you've already seen Abby go through her nightmares and you've already seen Abby post killing Joel and realizing it didn't help her, it didn't change anything. Her nightmares didn't go away. Like she had to find some sort of new thing to basically find, uh, I guess, like redemption in a way, which is where Lev and and that stuff comes in. But man, so good. All right, I'm gonna yeah. stop talking for a little bit. No, <laughs> man, don't
0: don't ever stop talking. Don't ever stop. But no, it yeah, I I pretty much mirror everything that you just said. Like, I I just thought all of all of that was brilliant. But it's uh, I how. Would, it's a, it's impossible to say right now, but like I what I was leading up to before we got off on this tangent was that I think that this is without a doubt a better game than the first one, but I don't at the same time they're It's kind of like Kill Bill one and two are both the same movie, you know? Like it's yeah. Just a,
1: like, I've struggled with this too because I what I've told people who have asked me about it because I haven't talked to anybody in depth like we're talking right now, but I've had friends ask me how I liked it and how it stacked up and everything, and I've told them the same thing, which is like I think that there's. I think you can make a strong case that it's a better game than the first one. Yeah. Um, it's t- I, I know what exactly what you're saying because I I'm not I hesitate to be like it's a better game because then then by default I then it would have to be like it's my favorite game because yeah. the first one was that well that and, and I, then
0: it sounds like you're shooting on the other like you're even slightly saying something negative with right. the other one and you're I've and we're not at all
1: <laughs> yeah we've all sat with the first game for literally years yeah and this game is like two weeks old. Um, the only other thing I've told people around me and I, I might have said this on Eerie that in a weird way it reminds me of is the raid one and two yes. um, the first game in this game and and it's not a perfect comparison because I think the first game has a, a, a ton of thematic and character depth in a way that the first raid movie doesn't necessarily have which is fine because it's not necessarily supposed to but one of the crazy things about the raid two, when you watch that is <laughs> suddenly it's this like two and a half hour crime epic and you're seeing all these families and and, you know, crime organizations and their histories and flashbacks. And it still has the stuff you loved about the first one, but it's way more dense and way more character driven. Uh, and I love the raid one and I love the raid, two. And in some ways, it, it's almost it almost makes me not want to compare the games just because the first one is is as linear as it gets. It's A to B, you know, in literally a line that you're walking with Ellie in the game. Uh, Which is not a criticism. It's a fantastic game. We've all, you know, the same page with that. The second one is it's just I think it's I think it's going to take a while before we can kind of really process every piece of it. And then like to compare to the first one is kind of unfair because they're it's to have a game like this. That's about 30 hours long for a campaign is crazy. It's a huge game. So it's. I just. It's, yeah. I. I think this is. It's without a doubt going.
0: Just like the first one was. This is going to be a revolutionary game. It's. It set a new bar for what you can do with storytelling in video games. And like. Yeah, this is. I think it's both safe. Safe to say that we've neither of us have experienced a story in the way that we have in in either of these games. But yeah, I think that absolutely. they. They. It's just they had the world on their shoulders with. With. Uh. After. A, put it re- releasing such a strong first installment and then th- I th- honestly think that they almost made the right decisions at every single turn and I don't want to sound like one of those guys who's just like you know being hyperbolic and just blowing it at every corner as well but I truthfully just love everything about this game I, I was blown you. away at, I was blown away at every turn and even just like when you were you were just talking about like when you realize that you're gonna have to play as Abby I was just like well Fuck. Like I even I said to Courtney because she was she came into the room and I was I was playing as her. She's like, whoa, did she just get did Ellie just get like super ripped? I'm like, no, <laughs> they're making I was like, these assholes are making me play as the fucking person who killed Joel. I'm yeah. Like my like this guy who's my he's my dad now. He's like yeah. Joel Joel's like my real dad now.
1: And um I was And the like, same thing like, happens at the end. Like when yeah. at the very very end. Because I love that whole sequence in California where you're you're fighting those, the Rattlers, like, and th- that's a cool, like, glimpse into the universe that you don't normally see, which is, like, or in their universe specifically. You've seen it in other properties. But, like, the dudes that are, like, really, really twisted, like, where they're, like, messing yeah. with infected. And I loved how you could unchain infected and let them, you know, attack the people that are taunting them and stuff. I thought that stuff was really cool. Oh, but, that was awesome, me after you get through all of that, then it's flipped. And then you're fi- You're playing as Ellie. And the whole time you're just like, stop punching Abby. Like she's like, leave her alone. Like she's changed and you've had this. And,
0: It's It's weird. uh, It's uh, weird, man, because like that, that whole scene where with uh, Joel's death is one of the most traumatic things in any video. It's got to be the most traumatic thing I've experienced in a video game. Like I I was crushed. And I, so I had no idea that that was happening. I thought when, when you break, when you're breaking into that cabin and you're hearing Joel, I was like, oh, she's going to rescue him without a doubt. Like that's going to happen. And then when she doesn't, and when you find that they're going to take a, they're, they're fucking killing the main character. And like, he's been, he's now like Joel, Joel's on the cover of Sony PlayStation boxes. Like he's, he's a, he's a main character now. And it's just like, and to, to kill him off in such a, you know, like just a rank way. And I was still, I mean, I told you,
1: I I knew something was going to happen. I was still shocked when Tommy goes, y'all, he's like, you all, you all look like you've, you've heard of us before. And then one of them shoots Joel in the leg. I, I oh literally, my I was God. like, yeah. oh no! <laughs> like, I freaked out. Like, yeah, that, but like, yeah.
0: and what I, what I was getting into with like, with the, like playing as Abby though, is, and even even after that whole scene with Joel, uh, it's just a testament to the team at Naughty Dog. And like the, like we've, I recently played through a Thief's End uh, as per your recommendation, Uncharted 4, which I know uh, Druckman and a lot of the same people worked on this game. Yeah. I trust them um yeah, yeah. so that that was just the thing for me i know i uh, granted like we're we've had we've had time to grow up a little bit but i obviously there's going to be people out there who are going to be babies about everything i was a baby about the last jedi in some ways and i'm embarrassed about that like looking back on it now I but i don't it,
1: think it, it, you're a baby the uh, star wars is a, like i said man that's a wild no, card <laughs> yeah
0: it's it's different it's different but the thing is like it is a shame that all these people are gonna write the game off without even playing it, not knowing what they're what they're missing because in my mind though i was like why why wouldn't you trust these guys like that's why i even i i wasn't paying attention to any any uh reviews or anything for for this game i I didn't even watch the trailer for this game before i played it i didn't even watch the trailer I, i watched there was like a short clip that came out like i think in e3 like two years ago um, that's the only thing I saw because I was like, I don't need to see anything else. I'm going to buy The Last of Us Part Two, yeah. like the the anything by these guys. They the, they've earned my trust entirely, yeah. so I just knew I knew that they were going to take me on an adventure. And man, like I I, th- movies have a long way to catch up to what they were able to accomplish in this
1: game. I think, and and Watchmen has come up multiple times in this, and that yeah. that's the example I always look to in terms of. Uh, one of the best at least one of the earliest forms of a creator saying I'm going to do something with my medium that can't be done in other mediums and at least in the same way that's what Alan Moore was doing with Watchmen which is why it's always been hilarious that they made they tried to make it into a movie and they did make it into a movie and it's not a bad movie uh, I think it's mostly a good movie but it's got its problems and part of its yeah. problems stem from the fact that it's a movie and that it's not you know the- yeah it's
0: it's just a direct retelling of the, it's like the the script is pretty much just ripped right off the page
1: yeah and and in a weird way the more cuts they did and the longer the movie got the better and worse it got at the same time because in some ways it got better because they were able to flush stuff out but then worse because it doesn't it works less and less as a movie and it's it's just always made that whole thing interesting with how more approached writing the comic i think i think and i i definitely i know there's a lot of people that that hate druckman right now i i really like him and in, in terms of Why do people hate him? Why why don't people? Is it because of what he did? In this, I I think people disliked him some before this too. uh, Is the vibe I've gotten. I I don't fully know. It's one of those things where this has happened to me with other creators where i've been like i don't really get why people hate this guy so much but i've liked that person's i work. tried
0: to tell you david roman polanski is a pedophile <laughs> you need to stop saying that you love it's, everything about polanski. It's, nothing,
1: it's nothing like that he's never he's never done as far as i know he's never done it. Yeah. Like i think i think people and i don't know i think people some people have a get a vibe that he's he's pretentious or that he thinks that he's making the best stuff ever i've never gotten that vibe from him well he I, is well, I mean, it is, though, (laughs) I I think that it's possible to to think that and it be true. I think I think like there's plenty of musicians that are are like so arrogant, but also they're as great as they think that they are. So it can work. But I don't know. I think with with Druckmann, uh, Either way, whether you like him or don't like him, the thing one of the things I really do like about him is that he and his team, in the first game, he was co-directed with Bruce Traley, and then in this game, there were multiple co-directors, and Haley Gross was his co-writer. Like, There's a lot of people that go into these games, and that's important to say. I know we keep saying Druckmann, but it's a ton of people. Yeah. Um, they, they know that they're making a game, and that's one of the things that's so great about the podcast is they go into this, this sort of stuff all the time. So specifically, the idea of like... The first game when you go in and get Ellie at the end, um, you 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 have to kill the first guy, which is crazy playing this game now because, you know, that's Abby's dad. Um, yeah. The other two in there, you don't have to, but you can. And when I played the game the first time, I killed those guys immediately. Yeah, Where, as
0: quick as possible. <laughs>
1: when I talked to my friend Austin, he was like, oh, those guys were innocent. I didn't kill him. So there's there's stuff that they add in there that specifically shape the way you play the game or can play the game while still maintaining a narrative and characters not betraying the characters because it's not an MMO or something where you're you're making your own character it, it's a character you're controlling but they they are working with their medium in a way that other mediums can't have so you can't feel you know you can you can feel some of the same emotions when you watch a movie or when you read a novel and I we love all of these other mediums I don't think we're saying that obviously but there's there's something about playing a lot of the moments in this game and actually inhabiting that through, as they call it, through the stick, through the analog sticks that is so completely different and hits you, I think, helps enhance and hit you in such an emotional way. That's one of the things that I've been really fascinated by lately. Uh, Tim Rogers who used to write for Kotaku. He's solo now or he's on a different site. And he did, he did a two and a half hour review of the last of us one. Tim Rogers is a journalist who the first time I heard his reviews on YouTube, I absolutely hated him. I thought he was so annoying and I've grown to absolutely love him. Now he's like just crazy, crazy, crazy detail. He's like a maniac in terms of how far he digs into stuff. And he has a very specific style that can be off putting too. So uh, if you hate him right away, give him it a little bit longer. Maybe don't start with the two and a half hour last of us review. But if you do get well, into him, that's what's, it, what's his name great. again? Tim Rogers, R-O-G-E-R-S. Okay. Um, but that that review, if you, if anybody does get into him, is, is a great one. And he talks a lot about that, about the design of the game and how the game functions and how the design of the gameplay itself mirrors the narrative themes of the game. And that's one of the things I love about Druckmann and those guys, to your point, is that it's it's a it's a story made for video games. And one of the things that I mentioned earlier, there was drama with uh, people involved with the game. Uh, Jason Schreier, who also used to be at Kotaku, he tweeted something like video games are way too long now or something like that. It it, it was broad. Oh, and he was he was talking about Last of Us 2, which as a whole. Well, he wasn't only talking about Last of Us 2, but it that tweet spawned that idea. Now, for some context, he is a reporter who is a reporter who has uh, reported extensively mm-hmm. And exposed a lot of studios that have had insane levels of crunch for their teams where people have been like severely mistreated. And and I think in that aspect, he's a great journalist. So his perspective is coming from the side of like uh, Sony and these other companies and these big studios. They're trying to justify the price tags in their games that are making these people work so much and and under strenuous uh, circumstances to pad out games sometimes. He didn't mean specifically Last of Us in this situation. uh, He was just making a blanket thing. Well, that pissed everybody off. Not everybody, but a lot of people. Troy Baker quote tweeted, who Troy Baker voices Joel, uh, quote tweeted um, that one with this like crazy long quote from Teddy Roosevelt about how like critics essentially don't matter. <laughs> like it was this <laughs> whole whole crazy thing and all this drama and, and everything else. But that's one of the things that at, at first I had to get used to is because this is a game that like, what other, even if you're watching a mini series, what mini series are going to watch that's 30 hours long. Like that's, that's so long. And especially nowadays, like, you know, prestige TV or whatever you want to call it is, you know, eight to 10 episode seasons. And, and each of those are about an hour long, sometimes half an hour. So, That is one thing that I I thought about a lot while playing this game. And at first was kind of my only negative that I had was like how it's paced. But then the more I played it and the more I got all of it and the more I kind of looked at how the game was constructed, I was like, okay, that's not really a negative because they they have to pace it this particular way for it to work yeah. but it's also a weird thing because you are in control of how much you played or don't play it too so exactly yeah, like and you're you, watching an episode yeah yeah and you can yeah
0: you're totally in control of how much you're going to be exploring and everything and i was i was going crazy i think i clocked in at about 30 30 hours was when i where i beat it um but i was trying to find everything because yeah, like too. the the one the one other thing that we haven't even mentioned yet is like how this is f- without a doubt the most gorgeous video game out right now oh yeah like like in that we that we have It'll available be the best
1: to ps4 us. game for sure and part of that is just cuz it came out at the end of the life cycle but uh even if it I would say they'd have a good six months until a better-looking game comes out. Yeah, like
0: it's... but everything, like, literally, not even just the way that it looks, down to the sound design. Like, even in the in the first one, uh, the clickers were genuinely terrifying because of the sounds that they make, and they amped that up in this one, I thought. And, like, oh, yeah. I also played, I played a lot of it with a headset on so that That's I could good. get the full experience and, like, hear them, like, kind of coming up behind you and everything. And, man, it's, I was genuinely scared playing this game, and, like, that rare, like, that rarely happens i like i I know you talked about this on a a recent episode but it's it's so much easier actually for a video game to scare me than a movie these days oh a million Um,
1: times more for me yeah
0: (laughs) but also that's just saying like that just goes to show though how much better video games are getting because like the ones that come to mind are like for me the resident evil 2 remake was genuinely creepy at times yeah um, I haven't played the third one yet. I know you played through that. I want to, but uh, this no, I one, man.
1: That. I've just been playing. I played the second one. I'm almost done with the second one.
0: Oh, okay, sorry. I thought you were playing the third one. No. Um, yeah. No. And uh, it's yeah. This one is it's, it's genuinely terrifying in moments, and then but we and also we haven't mentioned like the how. Okay, actually, no. This is something we got to address because we're 42 minutes into this, and we haven't we haven't talked about like so the world was obviously the world is pissed off about Ellie and Dina. Is that a,
1: that's a real thing? Uh, some of it is, uh, some of it I don't know because I, it, it's was easy, it not, it's was easy it not to know a, which places to avoid.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, and the, that's it. Like, I know I'm not trying to be the whole holier than thou thing or bit some kind of all that bullshit, but like I, I, that didn't even cross my mind. But also I thought they kind of established that, uh, that Ellie was gay in the
1: first game. They established it and left behind, which is the DLC for the first game. Right? Um, yeah, that's so. It's yeah. possible that someone didn't play it, I guess, and was like, "What? She's gay?" But I mean, obviously, that person's just in the wrong if they have a problem with that. But the, I think that it was the, I think it was similar to like GamerGate, ComicsGate, sort of crap, where it's like, "Oh, you're you're pushing your you're pushing your woke SJW liberal."
0: Thor is not a girl.
1: Yeah, like in values oh. and, and into my game. So like. Uh, Anita Sarkeesian was, a um, a, a feminist speaker. I, I don't know, fully know all the stuff she does. That was the target of comics gate. And I think Druckmann has mentioned her in a speech that he did one time and maybe is friendly with her. So people were trying to say that she was heavily involved with making the game, you know, more like more progressive and that it was just them pushing agendas and stuff like that. So I, I think the Abby Dina stuff to a degree was probably some of it. There were also people like I mentioned earlier that were just mad that, um, that uh, Abby wasn't like your, your normal quote unquote hot chick, you know, gamer character. Yeah. Um, and then the, the Lev stuff. Yeah. The trans stuff, I guess people were mad about, which I don't know, man. Like I, I, I just have, I have no perspective for, for like people that are, are upset about something like that at this point. Like I, I, I grew up, conservative Christian like my dad was a pastor and my parents were missionaries in Brazil like you know they weren't the most you know super far-right conservative Christians ever but we were conservative like I I grew up being taught you know just in general not my parents weren't sitting down teaching me hatred necessarily but I grew up being taught and believing like homosexuality is a sin and abortion is a sin and like all that kind of stuff so I, I understand the role for a lot of people that religion plays and I'm not saying it's right I think it's absolutely wrong I have a lot more sort of understanding than I think a lot of people do, not just me, but people that have grown up with organized religion and know like how controlling of a force that can be. But man, it's, it's harder and harder for me now in 2020 to give any sort of, (laughs) any sort of leeway to people other than just to be like, my only hope is that this is going to die with you. (laughs) Like you're, you're on the wrong side of history and years late. So like, okay, like be mad, I guess that, but you're, you're wasting your time and, and this, you're not going to beat this. Like there are trans people, there are gay people, like that's normal and that's fine. If you disagree with it, that's your problem. And you're bigoted and wrong for that. I don't know. I thought love was a great character. Like I, Uh, I I thought they all were. Yeah. And there was some, I guess this one I struggled with a little bit more, but I don't, Admittedly, know a lot about trans culture in terms of what's right or wrong, but there was some controversy in the whole idea that in the game he's dead named, which was a, a phrase that um, I, I learned relatively recently. Which is the idea of using uh, calling a trans person by their, I, I guess, previous name before yeah. they transitioned or came out or whatever. Uh, and that happens in the game when you come up against some Seraphites and they call Lev uh, Lily, I think is the name. Yeah. And and that's how you, the player and Abby find out what's going on, you know, with them being, you know, leaving the Seraphites or whatever. Or what are they called? The scars as she calls. Yeah, them. scars. Yeah. Um, and that one is tougher for me because I, I don't know. I feel like that was necessary in the game in terms of you seeing the hatred and bigotry of the Seraphites and their religion. Um, but I've seen some people say that it was wrong of them to dead name his character. I don't know enough about trans culture to know yeah. if, if that's right or wrong. If you're telling, if you're trying to show something's wrong, do you, do you do that? <laughs> or yeah, do you, we're, we, yeah. Yeah, I,
0: I think neither you or I are the, the type of people we, we, we're not the ones to answer that question. You're straight
1: white guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so,
0: Debatably. <laughs> <laughs> we so we I, bend it a little bit with each other. But.
1: True. So I don't I don't know. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I think the uh, I think that that was one of the few different pieces of and that stuff's easy to write off. For me, I'm just like, okay, if that's what you don't like about the game, then there's probably a lot of stuff you don't like, and there's probably a lot bigger problems that you have in life. Yeah, exactly. Um, you're you're struggling with some major shit. One thing that's interesting to me is thinking about how there were probably a lot of people with the first game that loved the first game and loved the gameplay and loved the story. And then the ending of the first game, which has Joel lying to Ellie and saying, you know, that there was no cure and they couldn't find it or blah, blah, blah. And he lies to her. And it's a, it's a crazy, like cherry on top moment of this great game that you just played that you're then forced to sit in some like, really uncomfortable stuff, roll credits, like, Far and away, one of the things that I think those of us that love the first game and, and it, you know, the critics that lauded the first game mentioned, that's a big part of it. I think it, it's made me wonder how many people played that first game, got to that ending and were like, OK, yeah, whatever. He 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 saved her. He lied to her that I'm done with the game now. And then that sort of like moral ambiguity and that like character depth and thematic depth and everything else then becomes Last of Us Part Two from beginning to end they didn't know how to handle that. And they just wanted to play a game where it was kind of like the first game where they had to go somewhere and fight infected and fight bandits and then get revenge. Some cool,
0: with some cool storyline along the way, but they didn't want to actually have questions thrown at them where you have to ask yourself those questions. Yeah. I totally agree.
1: And, and I think that's the way I've been trying to look at it as opposed to, um, you know, being like, Oh, well they just clearly don't appreciate, (laughs) you know, good storytelling, which is the easy thing for me to look at. But uh, different people want different stuff out of games and it makes me wonder how many people had that experience where they just wanted that sort of A to Z thing like the first game um, which you know it, it's a great game and the first game works for that but I think uh, it, it's it was so cool and interesting to play this game and realize that's it, it's not even like they made a sequel they just like you said earlier they told the second half of the story um, yeah. And maybe the middle third. I mean, yeah. There's know, there's got
0: to be more. There's got to be more because and that that's where I was kind of getting at before too. Is that like I didn't want a second one, but now I need a third one.
1: <laughs> like. I'm I'm kind of in the same place I was with the first one, but also a hundred percent open to a third one, uh, which I wasn't a hundred percent. If you would have asked me with the first one, I would have been like, no, 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 play it. You know, that's it. Let it be done. Like, make another Uncharted. Like those games are super fun, and those can kind of. Kind of just go on forever. They don't need to be, you know. Even if you switch the characters up, like yeah. you can have that gameplay and still do it over and over totally. again. Totally. Yeah.
0: Um, but do yeah, you it, do you have map. any theories? Do you have any theories about where she's going?
1: For whatever reason, and I had a very take shelter. I've had a very take sheltery sort of Ugh, thing happen, that's... which I know you love that movie too. So, yeah. uh, where I had a very strong idea when I finished it the first time. I have obviously haven't played the whole game through a second time. But already, even now, thinking about it, my idea has kind of changed. Um, When I finished the game, for whatever reason, I don't really know why. It almost seems silly now. I felt very very optimistic that she was going to be able to go back to Dina and, and be with her. And I don't know if that's because I wanted her to be with Dina, and I wanted her to go back and be with JJ, and felt like Dina would take her back now that she was definitely done. I don't know if I just felt like I needed hope in that moment with how the game ended. The more I've thought about it now, the more I'm like, man, I don't know. Maybe she's walking out like she leaves all of her stuff. So maybe it's a situation where like a dog walks out in the woods to die, <laughs> like how animals had, will do that. Yeah. Like I had a more pessimistic view of, of how Yeah, my, it goes.
0: Mine's pretty pessimistic.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't. I, they, they definitely leave it open to interpretation. Yeah. So there's not a I don't think there's a wrong answer, but.
0: I personally feel that, and this is 100% a ballpark guess, um, but like I, I personally feel, especially with her leaving everything, like you mentioned, yeah. that she's the third one, uh, like a good a story that they could explore is her going to sacrifice herself to try and find a doctor to to do the procedure to um, extract a uh, a cure. It's a,
1: a good thing. because they, yeah, they say Abby's dad was the basically the only one that could do that, but also.
0: Abby's like, still they alive. They know
1: everybody. Yeah, yeah, well, and also you don't know everyone in the world. That you know everyone yeah. in the U.S. Like, obviously, most of the population has died, but we don't know everything everywhere. Well, so. if we
0: know everything, if we know anything about you Americans, you only think about yourselves. So absolutely.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Just I, didn't, I didn't think there was, and in fact, it wasn't until about ten minutes ago. Isn't today your guys' is like Fourth of July?
0: No, today is like Canada Day.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I didn't know that until like like four. Like seriously, like ten minutes ago, which made me laugh for that exact reason. it was like, "Man, I'm so American." For me, yeah. it's like three days before fourth of july not canada day so and then
0: for me i'm like planning i'm just so excited to watch jaws on the fourth of july (laughs) because i I always celebrate with my american brothers and sisters but (laughs) i guess we'll fuck ourselves (laughs) Um, but no yeah i'm very interested to see where they could possibly go with the story i feel like there's definitely more to be told and there's they've proven that they have more in the tank because i had I had no idea that they had that the, like, man. Also what I need to mention before we close up too is Matt, like uh, the deaths of like Manny and Jesse both shook me hard because they were so sudden.
1: Those are some like Jeremy Saulnier deaths. Yes. <laughs> oh man.
0: Like... Yeah. Great, great analogy there. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Just people like getting their faces blown off when you least expect it. Like real yeah, crazy yeah. stuff. Exactly. Um, dude. And when, when Manny got killed, it took a while before I realized I was I was trying to catch up to uh, to Tommy. I did not piece that together at first, I, and I that oh, might be neither obvious. Yeah. Okay, good. I don't feel as dumb now. But when it finally got to it, I was like, "Oh crap! I forgot about Tommy running around during these three days, like killing people." Um, and he's a good sniper. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like they 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 pieced it together so well. Two quick things, and then I, I had one other thing I was going to mention. Um, I'll do it fast because I know we're wrapping up the In terms of the ending, one thing that I thought about uh, that I think could be cool is if they if they did a third one, if it was they're they're all about symmetry and mirroring and everything, if it jumped forward twenty years, like the first game did, and you. Ellie's in it, but she's older, and she's more of the Joel character from the first game. That's obviously something we've seen a lot in other stuff, which is why, while I think that idea is cool because I've seen it done in other stuff, that's cool. I also would just prefer that Neil Druckmann and that team do whatever they want because it would be totally better than anything I could come up with. Yeah. But there's there's an Easter egg in Uncharted Four at the very end. I won't say exactly how because it's it spoils literally the epilogue. But you played it recently when you're in that room uh, when. When you're done playing Crash Bandicoot, <laughs> there's a poster on the wall. Did you notice that for Last of Us? Uh, I don't think so. There's a poster on the wall in there that says The Last of Us, and then it has a girl with a gas mask on who's pregnant, and she's holding a machete, and it's called like America's or American Daughters, I think is the name of the oh boy subtitle or whatever. And Neil Druckmann talked about that on a podcast I list recently, where uh, it was, he said basically it wouldn't be the sequel, but it would be another story they want to tell in the universe. And maybe that would happen in another medium, maybe comics, since he's done comics already, or it could happen in the new HBO series that they're making. How do you too.
0: feel about that?
1: He's involved, uh, and it's HBO and it's the Chernobyl guy. So optimistic. Yeah. And, I, I don't, uh, yeah. I, I
0: i do like the casting of um jamie jamie lannister as joel
1: i think that would be great yeah, it, yeah. it's and also uh what's her name from unbelievable and book smart as ellie i think is is pretty good too but oh um,
0: wow i did not yeah. know that
1: that's the meme i saw was was the side by side of joel and ellie and then it was jamie <coughs> lannister sorry i had an alarm on my phone go off and then uh crap i can't remember her name now but um the really quick just all like bullet point a few other notes i wrote down the museum sequence didn't talk about at all probably one of the best in the game like i openly wept (laughs) at that scene where uh where you put on the helmet and joel has the tape for you all that that they kind of mimic the video game thing from left behind uh which was amazing um one little detail that i really loved is that you can tell in flashbacks where you're at by ellie's tattoo i don't know if you noticed that oh yeah 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 they yeah, like it have cool. and the shading and stuff. Yeah. Um, there's one scene with Marlene in a flashback uh, where they gave her depth that the first game wasn't able to give her as much of where she's finding out that from Abby's dad that if Ellie, if they take that stuff out of her brain, it's going to kill her. And Marlene is disgusted with a- Abby's dad for how he's acting. And it, it was cool to see that because when you see her in the first game, you feel like she has empathy, but not as much as she should. And yeah, she's
0: still fighting. She's fighting Joel pretty hard on it.
1: Yeah, and then Joel kills her, which you feel conflicted, but i at least for me, mostly good about in terms of him yeah, saving I, Ellie. That's my uh, girl. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And in this game, I liked that because it gave her more depth where it was like, okay, she, she was ultimately making the right decision, arguably, but she also felt like garbage about it. And I felt like that was a cool moment for her. Um, and then... Uh, let's see, I mentioned that already. I mentioned the PTSD. Okay. This was one of my favorite moments in the game. And I'm wondering if you got to this too. This is a totally little side, like questy kind of thing that happened in the game for me. When I was going around in Seattle, uh, after the uh, Seraphites had just started to kind of show up, I was playing as Ellie. I found one note that said, that was talking about these people that were trying to break off and leave the wolves. Uh, And Isaac was picking up on the fact that they were trying to escape. Did you do this part? Yes, I did. I think so. Man, it was I, so cool.
0: Yeah, so, oh,
1: yeah. And, and it was normally I don't play games well enough to pick up on stuff like this. And for whatever reason, this just worked for me. But you read these notes and you're like, you know, we're meeting here and we're meeting there and Isaac doesn't know and we're gathering supplies and we need to hurry because uh, you can kind of tell that the Isaac, the guy who's leading the WLF, is at the very least sort of unhinged. And so you go up into this house, and much like every other thing in the game, you're going through apartment scavenging. And I noticed, like, I don't know how or why I noticed this, but for whatever reason, I noticed there were plants in this apartment that were alive. And I don't mean plants like growing out of the walls. I mean, like potted plants that were next to a window. And I remember thinking to myself, like, that's weird. Like, obviously, those aren't getting watered. Like, yeah. how are those alive? And you, there's a workbench and there's one room in the apartment that's locked that you can't get into. And then there's a workbench in the living room. And you go over to the workbench like you've gone to every other workbench in the game. And it's the only time in the game that happens. You pull out your guns, which all those animations are great, by the way. And as you're pulling out your gun, you hear – and I have my headset on. You hear someone yelling and running at you. And it was one of the scariest moments Oh, my I God. Yeah. Get,
0: dude. Yeah, dude. That was and fucking terrifying. You
1: get tackled and there's four or five people in the apartment. And you have to fight them and kill them. And you, you do that. And you realize you go over and that door that was locked is open and you realize those are the people that were trying to escape the WLF. They were all hiding in that room and they were trying to attack you. And then you also kind of feel guilty of like a lot of other stuff in the game because, you know, you were defending yourself. But that that was those people. That was one of the best like world building things I've seen in a video game in so long. And another moment where I immediately paused it and wrote it down to talk to you about because I and I've been unable to talk about anybody or about this with anybody else. So. Yeah, I know I've talked way too much, and I apologize. And I'm sure listeners are tired of hearing me talk, but nope, uh, do n- I'm glad you're never just as apologize. excited about it as me because this was yeah, this was great.
0: Yeah, man, it was just a fantastic game, and it was so cool being able to talk to you about it. In particular, we got to do this more often, even sure. if we're not re- even if we're not recording. We got to just sit down and Skype each other sometime because, yeah, uh, yeah, we don't get to talk in person enough, obviously, because uh, since we've never done that before. Sure. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> we will talk about it. we'll talk in person someday. Uh, But thanks so much for coming on, man. And thank you for, you know, being excited about preparing so much for it, because I think it's this was a really fun episode.
1: Yeah, absolutely, man. I I totally agree. Thanks for having me on. This was great.
0: Awesome. Well, uh, where can uh, if we have anyone listening who doesn't know about what you got going on, where can they follow you and what can they check out?
1: Sure. Um, <clears throat> if you happen to make comic books and you need a uh, lettering or design, um, you can follow me on Twitter at DC underscore Hopkins. And my website is hopkinsletters.com. Uh, and, and, and you never know, I've gotten jobs from weirder places. So <laughs> if if that's what you do, I do that full time freelance. So I'll, I'll always take on the work. Um, you mentioned eerie international earlier. That's the the horror podcast that I'm a part of with two other guys, one from the UK and one from Germany uh, Andy and Dave. And, uh, that comes out weekly diary of the dead's our newest episode. And, uh, yeah, we plug you guys every week. Obviously we're huge fans and friends of you guys. And, um, I think that's pretty much it. Awesome. All right, man. Well, thanks again. And,
0: uh, we'll see you all next time on the terror table.